0: You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And on today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about CJ Frederick, but mostly about the three Iowa football assistant coaches who spoke to the media, Brian Ferentz, Calvin Bell, and Seth Wallace. We're going to be talking about what they said what kind of information we glean from that and obviously what the the big takeaways are. Before we get into that though, this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. Let's get into the show though because we have a lot to cover. Again, CJ Frederick uh doesn't the drama doesn't stop. The Iowa, if you haven't followed along, you're, you're missing out on a treat here. Lots of lots of fun back and forth between all sorts of uh, different invested parties, I should say. But the Iowa Compliance Group did send out kind of a snarky tweet, I would I would say, about you know how how it works with uh, with violations, and they said. They retweeted a tweet from inside the NCAA saying Youngstown State failed to monitor its football program. And then Hawkeye Compliance tweeted out a good reminder that a prospective D1 or D2 transfer needs to be entered into the transfer portal before any contact or communication occurs. You could say that's probably a little snarky. Then some fun stuff happened. Uh, Joe Frederick, CJ's uncle... Decided to post on Facebook, he said, I want to thank you, everyone, for texting regarding CJ entering the portal. I want you, my friends, to know there has been a lot said about many things, but I want to clear up 100%. No school ever tampered with CJ while he was at Iowa. I had clear communication with the staff at Iowa over rumors and how they were started. I also was clear about concerns throughout the season. Bottom line is we won't stoop to the level Iowa has shown CJ as he made a decision for himself. Their NCAA compliance tweets, Childish, they're running CJ through the mud on social media. Childish, their press release childish and what he means by that press release is actually you can go follow john miller hawkeye hawkeye podcast he actually posted all the recent press releases for the last i think nine transfers and then compared it to what cj said all of those were exactly the same no they they mirrored each other very you know long had a quote from friend all that fun stuff cj's was simply he has decided to enter the transfer portal so the drama doesn't stop. Um, it does sound like he's receiving interest from many schools, though. He has been reached out to by Gonzaga, Virginia, Kentucky, Kansas, Creighton, Georgia, Cincinnati, Xavier. I'll be honest. If, In my personal opinion, A, you shouldn't be tweeting at CJ. Again, I think the way this was handled is seemingly poor. But whatever. If he goes to anywhere but Kentucky, it'll be a little bit tougher to say he was tampered with and it was a big deal. Right, I think if he goes to Gonzaga, if he goes to Xavier, um, to me that that makes a little bit of sense. Xavier being close to home, Gonzaga being a better team. Um, if he goes to a team like Creighton, who just lost all five of their starters, I would honestly be very incredibly confused. at that point, what are what what was the reason for going? I would love to hear CJ's side of the story, but clearly we're not we're not going to get that anytime soon. But very interesting stuff on Twitter and the Facebook world right now. If you are into following that drama. Um, taking away from that drama though, the Iowa field hockey team did take down Maryland three to nothing yesterday. They get number one seeded Michigan today. So the Iowa field hockey team, uh, making a run at the big 10 title. So go women. You're going to absolutely crush it out there. And let's get into some of the coaching interviews. Again, we heard from Kelvin Bell, Seth Wallace, and from Brian Ferentz. I'm going to start with Kelvin Bell, even though he went last. There was a couple big takeaways. He spoke very highly of a few players, but a lot of his conversation was focused around um, the, the racial issues um, that that have happened throughout the program the last year and that are happening um, throughout the country over the last year. And specifically the trials that have just, you know, that just recently took place. I'm not going to go into the details on that. Um, You can follow along at Iowa Hawkeye's YouTube account to be able to see kind of what he said, but um, I want to try to focus on the football aspect of this. He did start off the press conference by saying Noah, Zach and John have been great leaders. And that the culture he wants to create is is what one that you want to surrender me and adopt we And he meant that in the way of Noah Zach and John, Noah and John especially have been in the locker room as young guys and they were taken under the wings of some of the players that came before them Anthony Nelson, AJ Epineza, those kind of guys helped develop those players and now it's their turn to help develop some of the younger guys. He also mentioned that Joe Evans, Um, that his development has been as a full-time defensive lineman has been great and he has had an excellent spring, that he's really embraced the fundamentals of defensive line and that he's really come on as a first and second down player as well. And that was really the big thing coming into this year. We knew Zach Van Valkenburg was going to be one of the starting ends. We thought John Wagner had a leg up, and I still think he does, but we weren't sure about Joe Evans because Joe Evans in the past two years has really been a pass rush specialist, not a guy who you want to rely on to stop the run, uh, which makes sense. He came into college as a quarterback, a walk-on quarterback turned linebacker, turned a defensive end undersized to say the least. But the motor is fantastic. And if he can truly play that first and second down role and do it well, Iowa set up very spectacularly to have three starting level defensive ends that they can rotate in and out. And again, they do plan on rotating them in and out quite a bit. Another guy... That Kelvin spoke very highly of was YA Black. He said he practices his butt off. When the pads come on, he has the intent that is different from most first-year players. He is a hostile player on the interior. And one of the things that actually stood out the most to me was not just his development on the field, but his development off the field. When young guys take that opportunity to learn and to grow mentally on that side of the ball, um, that is where you can see some big-time growth translating back to the field. Now, it sounds like Y.A. Black was one of the guys coming in to film sessions specifically with Kelvin last year, and Kelvin said, you need to come into these sessions prepared, and he was. Um, Y.A. Black was coming in with questions every single time. He didn't just come in expecting Kelvin to give him the answers. He was coming in with information that he had gleaned himself from watching the tape and then spoke about it with Kelvin. Um, To me, that speaks volumes about where Y.A. Black is as a player, and I still think he is the front runner to be the starting, starting defensive tackle next to Noah Shannon, in my opinion. Um, Kelvin did say we're looking forward to getting him back in the fall. The only thing that could really hurt him at this point is the injury issues, um, the injury right now, and if he can get surpassed that point. But Y.A. Black definitely going to get some snaps next year. One comment I know I said I wasn't going to mention, because um, there was a lot of talk about, Uh, the the items that have surrounded the Iowa football program over the last year and that has surrounded the nation over the last year. One thing I thought was just really interesting and and speaks volumes to the growth of Kelvin Bell as a coach even, he said, I made a mistake in assuming my players knew where I stood and I made a mistake in assuming I knew where they stood and I will never make that mistake again. And to me, um, that goes to show you the growth that he has experienced just as a person and as a coach Um, making sure that he's having those conversations and it sounds like no matter what the topic he's willing to have those those tough conversations with his players and he's willing to listen to what they have to say and and provide his experience as well and and understand that his experience is going to be different than some of those younger guys he spoke very um, spoke a lot about how he has learned so much from them and how he needs to be able to take a step back and understand what they are coming from so I thought that was a really introspective look at to how he handles his team as a a person and as a a leader of that team from the, the defensive line perspective that does do it for our Kelvin Bell conversation though. We're going to get to Brian Barrons on segment number 2 and then Seth Wallace on segment number 3 providing a bit of insight into what the expectations are both among the offense and the linebacker group. A lot of we got some really good news in the linebacker group as far as not good news, but we we found out some information about who are the projected starters at this point. So we want to make sure we cover that. I do wanna tell you about rockauto.com because they have saved me a lot of money though. I went there for air filters or went to, I went to the brick and mortar store for two air filters and I was like, this is too expensive. So I went to rockauto.com. Within five minutes, I found both the parts I needed and I saved $50 and they were delivered directly to my door. That's the kind of value you get at rockauto.com which is a family owned business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can literally find everything you need from hundreds of manufacturers. They have you know, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. It's all on rockauto.com and like I said, the prices are amazing. You cannot pass up how fantastic those prices are. The same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. And that catalog, like I said, five minutes. I found all the parts I needed. It's easy and re- just fantastic to navigate. So definitely go check out rockauto.com if you have any car part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st and just like they're going to be covering the draft, we've been covering it a bit here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, talking to you about where Iowa Hawkeye should be selected. We've a guest coming on next week to give a little bit more in-depth preview of each of these players, but we've been doing that the last couple of weeks and also giving you where the latest mocks and projections are. So make sure if you want some draft news, go to our network and we have two awesome draft podcasts, the Draft Dudes, Locked On NFL Draft, and we also have um, an awesome Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, and then we're also covering it right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. But let's get into some more talk about the current Iowa football players, and starting with Brian Ferentz, he had some really good quotes to say. He really started off by by highlighting a couple guys: Tyrone Tracy, Tyler Linderbaum, Tyler Goodson, Sam Laporta, and Spencer Petra saying they are playing really good football for us again. The writing is on the wall. If you do not want Spencer Petrus to be the starting quarterback of the Iowa football team, you better get used to it because he is going to be the starter this year. The other guys, expected. right? When you have a young offensive squad, Tyrone Tracy was going to be that leader at the, at the wide receiver position. Tyler Linderbaum was going to be that leader at the offensive line. Tyler Goodson was going to be the leader at the running back position. And Sam Laporta was going to be the leader at the tight end group. It makes sense. These were guys that we are expecting to be big-time players this year. Tyler Linderbaum and Tyler Gooden have already been big-time players. Sam Laporta was pretty solid last year, and Tyler and Tracy has shown flashes. Spencer Petras, though, the one outlier there that has not really shown that many flashes, but um, expecting big things nonetheless from him. A very highly regarded recruit. A lot of expectations going into last season. Can he actually improve on what he was struggling with last year? I think he can. I hope he can. For the sake of Iowa football, he better. Another thing that makes Iowa football successful is the running game. And what I so Brian talked a little bit about what they're trying to do because one of the questions was, what are the factors in improving that running game? And he mentioned misdirection, counters, zone counters, flies, and jet sweeps. And he says, we really like to put the ball in the perimeter in a couple of different ways and that the gap in zone reads from the wildcat offers a perimeter option and an inside option, which is what you want to put the defense in conflict. The biggest thing I gleaned from this is, we have seen the evolution of Iowa football and that offense under Brian Ferentz. I know sometimes the play calling can be a bit spotty here and there, but we are also not as smart as Brian Ferentz. And when I had Matt Vandenberg on, I talked to him a lot about the play calling and he always mentioned, you know, there's a reason why they're doing certain things. A lot of times they might be doing a play that you might not agree with, but it's all about setting up a play 20 plays later. And what I really have come to appreciate about this offense under Brian Ferentz is the fact that they have incorporated a lot of principles that we might not have thought possible under the old regimes at the offensive coordinator position and under Kirk Ferentz in his entire tenure. But Brian Ferentz has done a good job of adapting and providing new wrinkles. And so I'm excited to see what that new wrinkle is this upcoming year to see what they ultimately decide to do and and maybe even, you know, could we see Tyler Goodson throw the ball? I mean, these are things that we could we could think about that we could see in this offense to make this offense even more dynamic. But with so many playmakers at the wide receiver position, you got guys that are younger that can, you know, be very good with the ball in their hands. You got two running backs with starting experience. This is a great opportunity for Iowa to incorporate additional wrinkles to make that offense even more dangerous going forward. He also said, spoke very highly about George and Liddell, um, the new coaches. He said, we're very impressed with George throughout the process. The more we found out about him, it was very apparent he was going to be a really good fit. We've been really happy with him, and we are very pleased to have him on our staff. He also said, Liddell is a quality person who has a lot of experience working with younger people. He was passionate about running back play, and it's harder and harder to find guys who are passionate about running back play. His passion and vision for the position was remarkable. Um, you, you expect these things to be said, but it's nice to hear that the coaching hires are seemingly turning out pretty well. We have also heard very good things from the position groups that have spoken to the media about both of these guys as well. So fantastic stuff nonetheless. He also said, we've been really pleased with what we've seen out of the four new guys who enrolled early, and that would be Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, David Davikoff, and Connor Colby. And he actually specifically mentioned that Keegan and Arlen have really seized their opportunities. Um, which to me means they are very much in the running for that third and fourth wide receiver spot. The difference is he also said the key now is to continue to improve from now until fall. And he said, not sure they're ready yet, but they're taking the right steps. And he's been really impressed with the attitude and approach. Now, they have been the darlings of spring football, without a doubt. It has been a lot of talk about Keegan and Arland. We even mentioned it before spring football, talking about that wide receiver position. And I talked about them being dark horses who are likely going to get a few touches. With, I mean, hearing from Brian Farron saying that they are doing all the right things and that they have seized the opportunities. And remember, Deontay Vines, I believe, was out. Quavo Matthews has played pretty well um, in spring ball. But these are guys who are looking to get reps today. And you love to see that from some of the younger guys. He also talked a little bit about um, the transfer portal and, and early exits. And I thought his his approach was, and granted, basketball and football are completely different animals right? Fran McCaffrey is very against the, the transfer portal. And I understand why, but Brian Ferentz seems to have a more modern approach to it and understanding that the transfer portal is a part of life. Now, um, a couple of big quotes I thought were really interesting. He said, even three years later, they're still dealing with the reverberations at that tight end position from Noah fan and TJ Hawkinson, both leaving. He said, both those guys should have left. They needed to leave. They had a great opportunity, but it does screw up with your numbers a bit. Um, he said, In those cases, the transfer portal is fantastic. You use the transfer portal to build depth. He said, we're trying to use the transfer portal to bolster our roster, not build it. And that that goes back to the Iowa way, right? This is not a Miami Hurricane football team that wants to bring in 20 starters from the transfer portal. They want to bring in guys who can fill some needs, but they want to be able to develop their players because they believe They are a development developmental football program that when they get guys in here, they can turn them into stud level football players and teach them the Iowa way. When you bring guys in kind of halfway through the process, sometimes that can mess with a few things, and so they need to be very careful and cognizant about who they are bringing in. But I thought again a very refreshing approach to what the transfer portal means in football. And again, I understand that football and basketball transfer portals are a bit different in those senses. Um, Last thing he said was about Luke Lachey. I know I meant you know messed up that last name a couple times. Again. Apologies, it's hard to remember 200 student athletes' last names. If you look at all the teams across all the sports, I try to, I try to study them up. It's not like I'm not trying for that, so I apologize if you get upset by that. But Luke Lachey um, said he showed up in a good way in practice, but he's also shown up in a bad way. He said he catches the ball for a key third down, and he'll turn around and miss a block on the next play. So I think, and his point was that failure builds a lot of good things if you fail you can learn from those failures and actually grow even more than if you have successes but really the i think the point of this was the tight end position behind sam laporta has a long ways to go. We're excited about what Luke can do. We're excited about what Josiah can do when he gets back on the field. We're excited about what Elijah can do, but these guys are still really young and that tight end position is a very difficult one to learn, especially with the Iowa football team because you need to be able to run block and to pass catch. You're learning two different types of offense as opposed to a wide receiver where they have a lot of run blocking responsibilities, but not next to the line, um, whereas the tight end is an integral part of that running game. So, A little bit more so than the wide receiver group, so I thought that was really interesting as well. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to talk to you about what Seth Wallace said. He also told us about three the three starters that he has projected right now, and also one player that I'm kind of surprised is getting some NFL buzz. We're going to talk about that all on segment number three. Before we do that though, you know I got to tell you about BetOnline.ag because BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. That's right, it's free to sign up today, and we have a fantastic promo for you as well. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You get a free account, and you get a 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code On. That's only the stuff you can get right here at the Locked On Hawkeye Podcast. So go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacafora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team search. The ultimate mock, sorry, excuse me, on that one. Search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Odyssey is your audio home for all the podcast, sports, music, and news that matters to you. That's A U D A C Y. And let me tell you, I've listened to uh, t- three of the episodes of the ultimate mock draft 2021, and it is phenomenal. It's great content. It gives you all the information you need, and it's a really great opportunity to learn a little bit more about the current draft prospects. Unfortunately, no Iowa Hawkeyes in that first round. As we talked about, Davian Nixon, likely the highest Hawkeye to go, and possibly late second round, early third round is where his projection is. I do expect this to be a bit of a different situation next year. I've talked about a couple different guys who I feel like could be high-end level players next year. Uh, You got to look at Tyler Goodson. You got to look at Sam Laporta and Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, You got to just factor in they might leave early. Tyler Goodson likely not maybe leaving early, maybe not being a first-round pick, but these Iowa's got some big-time players, and Matt Miller of the thedraftscout.com and of ESPN broke down some of the guys he's looking at going into next year already, and I'll talk about that on a future episode probably tomorrow. But that being said, let's get into the, the conversation with Seth Wallace. Um, Seth Wallace was very engaging. I, I thought it was really cool that he actually highlighted Leah Van who was actually on the show before she became the beat writer right when she was about to become the beat writer when she got the job I had her on the show and she did a really great job of kind of talking through her experience and really enjoyed that conversation Seth did a great job of about reaching out and basically saying you know welcome to the 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 Iowa Hawkeye community so that was really cool from him The first thing he mentioned was that Barrington Wade is actually getting some looks from the NFL getting some talks um, I truly didn't think that Barrington Wade would he didn't have a lot of reps in college and he didn't test great, but it's awesome to see him get some, you know, get some looks from the NFL. My guess is, you know, he will without a doubt, um, get a UDFA deal. One of the things to note that I don't know if you all have heard this, but the NFL draft is very interesting this year and it's going to help a lot of players maybe wouldn't typically be drafted or wouldn't typically be signed to rosters, get signed to rosters this year, because there's not a lot of guys who actually went into the NFL draft. I believe that I'm going to mess up this number, but I believe in most years there's around 1,800 to 2,000 players that sign agents before the draft process. This year is only 600, so you're significantly limiting that pool of players. Barrington Wade being a guy who went in, that could actually help him land on an NFL roster. Um, so that's something to watch out for for some of these guys who maybe not, maybe not are not going to be drafted, but they still have a very good chance of at least making a, a practice squad simply because of the numbers game. They they they're kind of lucking out in that numbers game right now. He also mentioned. Um, because Seth Benson talked about yesterday, you know, the fact that they're trying to create positional flexibility. He said, when you lack experience death wise, you need to create positional flexibility. And that one of the things they're doing, especially in like their nine on seven drills is that they are rotating the linebacker spots every single play. So where Jack might be in the middle, Seth might be weak and Justin might be strong or the, the sorry, the, the, the Sam. So Sam is their strong side linebacker. Mike is going to be your middle linebacker and Will is going to be your weak side linebacker. Then they rotate them one over. So Justin becomes the Mike, Jack becomes the Will and you have Seth becoming the, the Sam. So they're doing that every single play and really what he said is we have plenty of time to get these guys comfortable but we want to make them uncomfortable now and they want to be able to learn all of those positions. That way in those situations if something were to happen to one of these guys they can slide over and play those positions. He also mentioned the fact that A, uh, Justin Jacobs, Seth Benson, and Jack Campbell are the three starting linebackers, and there's a pretty big gap between them. He said there's a clear cut between that first group and the second group. So that is your starting group, um, which is phenomenal. He mentioned the fact that the other reason why he wants to get that positional flexibility is the fact that depending on the scheme they are playing against, depending on the offensive scheme, it will dictate which position those guys play. It will matter depending on where Jack plays, where Justin plays, where Seth plays. And I think... With Justin's athleticism, um, you know he's a guy who you would traditionally probably play at that Will Will Backer spot. He's a, and I've seen really good stuff from Seth and Jack covering running backs out of the backfield. That gives Iowa a bit more. Positional flexibility because we've seen them implement the cast position a couple years ago But when you have three superb linebackers three linebackers who can cover in space um, That also gives you a lot more flexibility as well So um, it sounds like Seth is planning on rotating those guys around um, With obviously Jack being kind of the leader of that group and then Seth and then probably Justin. He did mention the fact that one of the things about Jack that really is amazing is just there's something extra about him, and when you turn the tape on, you can just see his motor. So, again, very high praise for Jack Campbell. I'm really excited about this linebacker group, and it sounds like he is as well. Um, he said he's really excited about the whole group of 12 that he has with him. And some of these guys with experience, so the, the Seth, the Jacks, the Justins, they are growing by leaps and bounds right now. So we could be back to the glory days of a, a phenomenal linebacker group at the University of Iowa. Got a couple questions about some of the younger guys as well. Uh, Zach Tweet um, hasn't been on the field all spring. And and we had Zach on the show prior to his football season. He got hurt, hurt his shoulder, I believe. And he really, I mean, A, he was going to go to Iowa early anyways. But this was even better because he was able to go to Iowa to get the medical attention from the Iowa staff. And so, um, sounds like, though, he's been impressing the coaches despite not even being on the field at all. um, Saying he's been extremely diligent, taking unbelievable notes. He is having as good of a spring as you can have without actually being on the field. That's tough to do when you can't actually show what you're doing. Um, Pretty phenomenal to get such high praise. He also mentioned that Justice Sullivan is very unique and he might have the heaviest hands of anyone we have. And what he means by that is just when he hits someone, he pops. And he said he's really looking forward to both these guys down the road. It's really exciting to forecast both of their futures, which I thought was really, really cool. And that was basically the main... The main takeaways from Seth Wallace's speech, I think, or for his his press conference, I, I think the fact that Justin um, is truly going to be that third linebacker spot. You know, we mentioned a little bit about the Leo and the Cash. Um, it, it sounds like it is going to be Justin, and Leo is going to be a little bit different of a position. Leo is predominantly going to be uh, more of a pass rush type of linebacker. You're going to be even heavier on the run, but um, I would argue that they're probably not playing a true Leo at all. They just want to rotate in Justin, Seth, and Jack, but great to get some of that information. Great to hear from all three coaches. So that will do it for our show, though. If you love the show, please make sure to give us that five-star review and follow us wherever you downloaded this episode app, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll be back tomorrow, y'all. We have another great episode coming at you Friday because we are a daily show covering your Iowa Hawkeyes. So thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic Thursday, and let's go Hawks.